0: This is Dark Days Radio, episode number 118. I'm one of your hosts, Mike, but tonight's episode is all about Chig. How's it going, Chig?
1: Going pretty great, Mike. How about you?
0: I'm doing good. I just want everyone to know that this episode of Dark Days Radio is brought to you by Spikes Junkyard Dogs. Spikes. Because it tastes good. Spikes. Spike one into your mouth. Ooh, that's a good one. I should think about that. They're really tasty. Yeah, they are. should probably get a sponsorship. But that's not what we're here to talk about, Chig. We're here to talk about Gen Con.
1: Yes. So I just got back yesterday afternoon from, uh, sadly, not Lake Geneva anymore, from Indianapolis, where Gen Con is now held, and uh, I had a pretty great convention. Sorry that I I wasn't able to be joined by uh, you or any of the other hosts. I know that you were busy and, you know, in other continents, but... I think I did a pretty good job representing Darker Days.
0: Yeah, yeah, you definitely did. Uh, a lot of cool interviews, talked to a lot of people, and we've gone over all of that this episode, and should be pretty fun. I also want to point out that uh, we haven't done a con review like this. Well, we kind of have. Chris has done some. But we haven't done a, a U.S. con review since a, uh, a PAX East review way back in 2003. So it would be really interesting to see like what the numbers are on this one. And uh, if you listeners kind of like this sort of thing, as we go over like the news and other cool stuff and highlights, just let us know and uh, look at doing them more in the uh, future.
1: If you don't like it, also let us know and we won't bother you
0: with them in the future. Exactly. All right, Chig. Let's talk about what you played because I mean Gen Con is a huge gaming convention great for role-playing games great for horror RPGs let's just kind of dive into you know what you played and what some of the highlights were in that regard sure like you said it's a humongous
1: convention and it's full of all kinds of activities not just gaming uh, or not just role-playing games there's also card games there's also minis games there's also um, seminars and uh, live podcast, which we should do someday at Gen Con. But while I was there, uh, I did manage to get a handful of games in. I played uh two scenarios of Through the Breach. Um, longtime listeners will know that I've played this one before. That is the Malafo role-playing game. Uh this time, however, I managed to drag along two of my uh, regular night regular game night uh compatriots and got them to actually play something different and uh they enjoyed it so much that uh one of them has uh said that next time he gets to run a game when it comes up his turn he's definitely considering running a through the breach
0: game so nice nice i enjoyed it Uh, uh, chicky give us like a quick rundown of kind of the system like the real bare bones mechanics and then uh maybe just kind of set up the scenarios for us sure um
1: well unlike many rpgs uh it is uh card-based, so you don't have any dice. Uh, You have uh, a group deck of cards in the center of the table where, if you need to do anything, the person running the game, the Fate Master, as it's called, will tell you, You know, all right, you need to make a uh, pull for charm. And that's based off of one of your stats, depending on how you're trying to charm them. Um, So you add your stat modifier, which can go anywhere from negative 3 to positive 3 to your skill which begins at zero and goes up from there depending on how many you know build points you put into it and then you flip a card you add all that together and if you beat the target number congratulations you've succeeded so it's similar to uh, standard RPG but the uh, the card element is a little bit different
0: it's very it's a, a
1: nice change
0: cool interesting and you're using just a full, 52 card deck 50,
1: or 54 card deck with both Ooh. jokers red joker always succeeds and black joker always fails mm-hmm. depending on certain scenarios uh you might have to draw two or three cards depending on your relative strength versus what you're trying to do so if you're trying to you know shoot a zombie that uh is super resistant to damage then or super resistant to uh, getting hit then you might have to draw two cards and take the lowest if you are super very charming and uh, all that fun stuff. And you are trying to talk your way past some guards, you might draw two or three cards and take the highest. Okay, nice. Yeah, it's a neat little system. And uh, I enjoy it and look forward to making one of my friends run it for me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so after that, Um, I played uh, the Modifius Games Star Trek Adventures, which uh, I'm not going to lie to you, I signed up for it very hesitantly because, as I have stated publicly on any number of occasions, I Mm. personally am, while I'm a fan of the show Star Trek, the multiple variations of the show, um, I never have been able to uh, wrap my mind around running it as a role playing game. Uh, In my mind, Star Trek is always uh, there's a moral conundrum. There's a little bit of techno babble, and then there's a resolution. And I was really curious as to how that would play out as a uh, role playing game. And by God, it did a great job of it.
0: Nice. Uh, nice. Yeah.
1: There was, in fact, a moral conundrum. We were rescuing some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Some non humanoid sentient aliens from a group of uh, other aliens who were unaware of their sentience because of the way that they communicated and the way that they were shaped uh there was a bit of a, a moral quandary as to uh, how we should proceed about that uh there was a lot of techno babble on us uh working a, a way around the problem and then there was a resolution also mm-hmm. um we got to try out both the uh hand to hand and ship combat systems which are if not the world's best and i'm not sure what would be the world's best uh they are better than a lot of uh, space combat systems that i've seen it gives everybody something to do you all play members of the bridge crew so you all have you know your own specialized section and um we had a person who was playing the uh, the commander of the ship uh while the captain was away he was in charge and even somebody whose job it is to tell other people you know fire or evasive maneuvers gets something fun to do with their skills in space combat. So that was a a great plus. It uses the 2d20 system which uh they've also used in Conan the RPG and I'm given to understand they'll be using in their forthcoming uh Fallout RPG. Uh, it is very not swingy because it's not uh you know it's not a 3d6 scale, it's just uh you know 1 through 20 and Every extra success gives you a uh, a benefit that you can bank for later, so it uh, it does have an action point economy like that, and uh, it's really
0: nice. Uh, strong recommend. Nice, yeah. So Modifius puts out Star Trek Adventures, and I've been actually kind of following it with uh, some interest because you know it came out at first that like big like Borg cube box set, which seemed like it was really cool, and then they put out a lot of miniatures for it, which kind of surprised me. And um, I've been curious as to why they haven't been pushing it a lot more through, like, their Twitch stream. Uh, Right now, the big thing is uh, the Fallout Wasteland Warfare. Uh, They're really pushing that heavily and doing a lot of, like, live streaming of the uh, war game being played. Yes, Uh, they are pushing that very heavily. (laughs) But I've been really curious because, you know, you'd think that Star Trek would be a real big seller. And then seeing other people on Twitch playing the Star Wars game or Star Trek game and... uh, you know really getting into it and getting into the like types of stories that people are used to seeing maybe from the classic heroes of next generation or voyager i think it'd be a real boon for them to to do that sort of thing but i wonder if maybe paramount isn't a fan or i guess cbs owns it now cbs um, is the license holder yes oof, yeah so maybe they don't want uh anyone any official license holder you're doing any uh doing any streaming like that i'm not sure i don't know chick what do you think
1: I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't. It's only you know extra money in their pocket if they if they sell well. So, but again, I'm I'm not the license holder. I couldn't say. It's entirely possible that uh, since CBS is now making, let's see, what is it, three Star Trek shows, four maybe, mm-hmm. yep, in the upcoming year that uh, they want to kind of keep all that close to their their vest and not let anybody else play in their playground. I honestly,
0: that's the only thing that I can think of. I don't know. We'll just uh we'll have to see what Modifius does. It's going to be pretty interesting. So, Chick, what else? What are the games? You did a lot of demos and other cool stuff here. I did. Um I
1: played a game of Trail of Cthulhu, which is uh my current favorite Cthulhu implementation. It's uh, a mystery game, rather or an investigatory game rather than uh, a a standard, you know, go out there and Try to shotgun the Shogeth kind of game that uh, some people may be familiar with. Um, it uses uh, two different types of skills. One is uh, primarily used for investigation. One is primarily used for act for actions. Uh, and one thing that I absolutely adore about it is that it says right there on the tin: if you have a sk- if you have an investigation skill and it might be useful in a scene, then congratulations, you get every you get you get the clue. There's no Roll under your library usage fee or library use skill to see if you can track down this this uh rare book or anything. If you have it, you get it. Now hmm. you can you can spend points to get further information. So if, for instance, you have the uh, the the aforementioned you know library research skill, and uh, you notice that uh, the person whose library you're in has a, a copy of a rare uh, mythos book, then one, you you automatically see it. Congratulations, you found the clue. But uh, if you spend points, you can, you know, go through, say that, you know, you, you've had training in this before, so you know that this is a copy from the, uh, the Weimar era and that it was used in this particular type of ritual at the time, you know, according to rumor, you know. So you can get more information out of it that way. It's a really fun system, and uh, it handles uh, investigation very well. It handles action pretty well, too, which I was kind of surprised since we had a, uh, a fighty-shooty type on our team. I was kind of concerned that he wouldn't have much to do. But turns out, when you're fighting uh, cultists and mythos creatures, the fighty-shooty guy always has something to do.
0: Yeah, definitely. Nice,
1: nice, nice. And of course, that's from uh, Pelgrane Press. And uh, they have other uh, games that use the same bubblegum system, like Time Watch, which is a time travel setting. And I'd really love to play that someday. Uh, bubblegum Shoe, which is a teen mystery solvers game. And um, Mutant City Blues, which is their superheroes, uh, kind of superhero cop game. So um, I'm interested in that one as well. Didn't get a chance to play them this, this year, maybe next year.
0: All right, nice. Yeah, Trailer Cthulhu uh, always seems really cool. A lot of great ideas about it. And especially uh, some interesting mechanics to kind of play with other players' heads a little bit as the uh, you know, the storyteller running the game. So that's always cool. Absolutely. I see up next you've got a uh, little something from our friends over at Onyx Path, don't you? I do. Um, this one was
1: uh, run by their official playtesters, as was the Star Trek Adventures game earlier, or their, uh, their demo team, The Wrecking Crew not playtesters. I played a game of Pugmire, which is uh, a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons hack slash setting written by friend of the show, Eddie Webb. In it, you play a semi-uplifted dog in a medieval setting, uh, long after the age of man. It's a hard fantasy game. Uh, So you, there's, you know, clerics and spellcasters and such. And, uh, you follow the good boy doctrine because you are all very good boys and girls, of course. Uh, the scenario I played: uh, we were investigating a lot of investigatory games this this year. Now that I'm noticing, uh, we were tasked by the king to uh, investigate a deadly but delicious new treat that had been poisoning the inhabitants of the kingdom. Uh, oh no! Eventually, eventually, before it was too late, uh, we tracked this uh, this treat to the uh, to the wastelands. Hershey factory uh oh. and destroyed them and uh managed to bring in the bad dog who was distributing them.
0: Oh geez. That is um it's pretty funny actually. That is pretty good. It was super fun and
1: uh God bless him. The guy next to me, uh when when the guy when uh the the guy running the game was describing them as uh flat brown almost wafers, everybody immediately got, oh it's chocolate bars except for the guy next to me who did not who did not get it until we were at the factory you know two and a half hours into the game he goes oh it's chocolate bars
0: <laughs> yeah uh, nice guy fun dude yeah um, awesome so what'd you what'd you think of pugmire you know it's uh you know made a lot of waves a lot of people really like it but uh chick you're not really a dnd person yourself anymore so um i just kind of curious what you think i'm not uh i
1: like like you say, I'm not really a, a a standard sword and sorcery fantasy kind of guy anymore, but I really I really enjoyed the setting of uh, of Pugmire. I think it uh, it adds a bit to it. It was a a convention game, so all the characters were pre made, so I can't really speak to the uh, the the different races and the different classes and such. But uh, I had a really good time. Nice, good job Z of the Wrecking Crew for uh, running that game for us. Thank you. Uh, finally, on Sunday, before the last day of the convention, right before the the doors close and they kick us all out, um, I played a uh, in an alpha playtest of the Hyperlight Drifter RPG. Uh, this is apparently, and this was news to me after I sat down, based on a fairly popular game on Steam, where you play um, a procedurally generated uh, dungeon adventure. Where you go and you find ancient artifacts and you get them to work and i'm probably describing the game wrong because again i was unaware that it was a computer game before i sat down yeah
0: i've never heard of it either but uh cool
1: all right interesting it was a a, a play test it was very very rough around the edges but there's a there's the bones buried beneath of a a fairly fun looking rpg um it uh it uses a a point spend economy where you have energy tokens for all of your actions. And depending on if you are skilled in that action or if you have a high stat in an associated attribute, you spend fewer or none of your energy tokens for every action you want to take. So if you want to climb a wall you have a high agility and you're skilled in climb, it costs you nothing. If you have a low agility and you're unskilled, then it might cost you two or three of your dozen action tokens.
0: All right, interesting. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Jake, no, I gotta gotta ask, so going through all the stuff you played, you know, we are a kind of a Chronicles of Darkness and World of Darkness podcast, and I don't see any of that uh, content here, so did you uh, see a lot of uh, World of Darkness stuff being run on the uh, Gen Con schedule, or was it a little light this year? What was your kind of vibe in that arena? Um, Well, as anybody who has attended Gen Con knows, they
1: have an interesting kind of lottery system set up for the uh, the events. Before they go on sale, you can make a wish list of what they've announced will be played, when and where. And you can order them you know, from highest priority, I have to get into this game, to lowest priority. And then on a certain Sunday at around noon Eastern time, there's a big button on the website, and you hit Submit. And you just hope you get a low number on their lottery and you get all the stuff that you want. What happened to me this year was I got in nothing on my wish list. I was wow. number 8,400 something or other on the uh, the lottery and that was hitting it the second the button came available. But I was the 8,000th person to see that button become available, I guess, because I was way down the list. Uh, so to answer your question, yes, there was a lot of World of Darkness going on. The Wrecking Crew was running from dawn to well after dusk every day at, uh, I want to say, nine or ten tables. So uh, oh, nice. the standard convention nice. game is four hours. They would run nine tables worth all day long. There was a lot going on. Unfortunately, I was just unable to get into any of it this year. But that's okay, because while we are in fact a World of Darkness, Chronicles of Darkness role-playing game, I do have interests outside of World of Darkness and Chronicles of Darkness. I'm sorry to fans who may thought <laughs> otherwise. I'm I'm sorry to my family. I'm sorry to you, Mike. But I
0: do enjoy some other games occasionally. Chig, I've seen your your complete deadlines collection, so I know what's <laughs> up. I know what's going on here. <sighs> Uh, yeah, yeah, I I do like to, uh,
1: when I go to conventions, I like to try things that I haven't done before, or if I can, if not that, then I like to get in games with friends in games that they haven't played before that I have. Um, so that's, that's, that's what I tend to do at at conventions.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you had an awesome time, you know, playing a lot of games and also meeting a lot of cool people. So, Chig, you already kind of mentioned the Wrecking Crew. Did you meet any cool peeps there? Um, yeah,
1: everybody on the wrecking crew that I got to interact with, and I am super bad with names, so I apologize. <laughs> but uh, everybody that got to interact with on the wrecking crew was real friendly, incredibly knowledgeable, very well organized for the chaos that is Gen con, and uh, just super friendly folks. Um, if you get a chance to uh, go play in a wrecking crew run game at any convention, uh, no matter the size, I strongly recommend it. These guys know what they're doing. They're very professional. Um, if they, if they had a single hiccup, they hit it very well. Nice. Good. But in addition to the wrecking crew, um, I did meet some folks from, uh, our games. Uh, I got to speak with, uh, Mike Pondsmith for just, uh, the briefest amount of time. He was very busy as everyone can understand with cyberpunk red coming out. His, uh, his schedule was very busy, but, uh, he did have a few minutes for some fans. Um, uh, I went to uh, the Modifius booth, as I'm sure all of our listeners have heard. Uh, I had a little, a few, uh, few minutes of uh, interview time with them. That time, I remembered to turn on the uh, the recording device so we could re- record our conversation. That was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to uh, go see a System Mastery live show. That was super fun. They do a great live show, um, and you should subscribe to their feed if you want to hear about a. Uh, World Wrestling Entertainment, I believe is what WWE stood for. (laughs) Game uh, that uses uh, the third edition D&D rules, including the uh, the races and uh, magic items. Whoa, wait, 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 wait. This is real? This is a for real game. Uh, It was uh... set set in modern day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. Not set in modern day. I want to make this very clear. This is a licensed WWE game with... WWE wrestlers like okay. The Big Show yeah. and Stone Cold Steve Austin, although I don't the, think the ultimate of those two warrior, I was. I don't Kogan. think so. It was only people who were wrestling when that book came out, and I believe it was the year after
0: uh, Steve Austin retired. Wait a minute, Chig. So, so he does, does not actually have... appear in the book. Chig, does it have the stats for The Rock? Can we it actually does, battle It does the
1: have rock. the stats for The Rock. You can battle him but you will lose because he is like a level 20 dude. So he's oh, going to... Gosh. Yeah. And he has several magic items.
0: Incredible. Simply incredible. That's got to be a great episode. Can't wait to hear it.
1: Yeah. So be on the lookout on the System Mastery feed for that one. System Mastery, no affiliation, but I just like their podcast. So give them a listen. I ran into multiple times John Kennedy, mm-hmm. who is a uh, an old friend of mine from the, uh, the White Wolf uh, forums. And uh, I think he was on shadow and essence for a while as well jk myth oh yeah stand-up dude lives in Indy. uh he's worked for he's written for the infinity rpg several world of darkness books he's written for ninja crusade um he was stalking me um i didn't want to you know have to say it like this in public but it was a little creepy john i'm sorry (laughs) no he's a great guy he's a great guy i'm I'm, of course teasing Uh, just ran into him a few times i know he listens hi john how's it going Also had a uh, delightful breakfast with friend of the show and previous guest star Crystal Mazur. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing your name. I apologize. (laughs) I only called her Crystal. Sorry. Uh, sorry. We had a really fun breakfast. Uh, We chatted about all things gaming and podcasting, and I think we should get her back on the show sometime.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Crystal's awesome. And uh, I heard that she's got a lot of stuff coming out in August. Actually, of course, um, chicago by night fifth edition just dropped
1: she did a lot yeah. of setting work on that uh not so much rule systems but uh, if you want to ask her about uh chicago by night setting she is a a very knowledgeable gal yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah we'll definitely have to get her back awesome and Chick, i mean i guess um you know with with all these uh conventions sometimes you might get some stuff so you know, I, I personally don't usually buy a lot of things at conventions, but it seems like uh, you like to pick up a couple of things. Not as not as much as, as some people, but uh mm. I did spend more money than I am comfortable discussing. Um, but a lot <laughs> so of that gig, is travel—you don't bring like the extra suitcase. You don't to, uh, go to the uh, the FedEx and start shipping boxes, big big boxes, back to your place.
1: I mean, I've done so in the past. I've never shipped anything back. <laughs> but I—I I, I, this is the first year actually that I did not travel with an additional suitcase with my clothing suitcase inside of it for the trip out. Um, but uh, both of the guys that uh, I went with from my my local group did bring. An extra suitcase, so that was very convenient for me to get stuff back. Stuff like um, I got the Cyberpunk Red Jumpstart Kit. Nice, like you know, as previously mentioned from Artel Saurian Games. Um, it uh, I haven't really had a chance to crack it open yet. I'm still decompressing from the convention and the travel. Uh, but from what I have seen, just flipping through, it looks like a super exciting update to their uh, their classic rules,
0: and I am super looking forward to playing it. Maybe even here on Darker Days Radio. Oh my gosh, that'd be awesome, Jake. Did you uh, see if it still uses like the? Uh, oh geez, well it was the interlock system. That's what uh, Cyberpunk used, right? Is it a, an update to that, or kind of a uh, a bit more of a, a departure from that old '80s system? It
1: appears to be a departure from that old '80s system, which is fine. Gaming technology has improved in the past thirty-something years, <laughs> so but like i said i'll have to have to dig into it and see exactly what it's got going on under the hood
0: does it have any artwork that is action figures
1: not that i've seen
0: i haven't like <laughs> like i said there's it's
1: a it's a box set there's a lot going on in there i haven't looked through everything yeah, yeah, yeah. yet but uh no i did
0: not see any um Partha minis. <laughs> <Ready> <laughs> right, 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 right. No, no, actually, what I've seen of the artwork for Cyberpunk Red is off the hook. I'm wondering if some of it might have come from the um, concept artwork for the Cyberpunk 2077 game that's coming out soon. But uh, not sure.
1: We'll have to see. I would, it's, uh, awesome I would be though. surprised, honestly, if they didn't uh, use some of that. Right, right. Let's see what else. Um, I got uh, a copy of Band of Blades, which is uh, listeners know that I am just uh, enamored of the game uh, Blades in the Dark. This is a Forged in the Dark game, uh, where you play a uh, a mercenary company fleeing a losing battle against an undead emperor, and uh, you're being pursued by his uh, his minions, his troops, as uh, you try to make your way back to safety, having already lost a major battle. What is your group going to do now? How will you how will you survive in this devastated wasteland? So. It looks interesting. I'm looking forward to reading through that one.
0: Nice. Yeah, that's uh, that's heavily based off of the uh, the Black Company novels, correct?
1: It appears to be heavily inspired by the Black Company novels, right, which, right, right. Uh, as I'm sure you know, Mike, are some of my favorite books. But it is not officially a licensed version or anything official to do with uh, the Glenn Cook novels. But uh, you can definitely see the, uh, the DNA is there. Uh, let's see. I also picked up a Powered by the Apocalypse game called Urban Shadows and the expansion Dark Streets. Um, it appears to be the closest thing that I can find in the Powered by the Apocalypse biosphere to the World of Darkness games, uh, in that you play a monster of some sort uh, and you are struggling to maintain your humanity while also trying to exist in your 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 current circumstances with uh, that as a vampire or a werewolf or a sexy mummy or
0: a fish man or what have you. So it's giving me a, how grungy is it? How grungy is this game?
1: Based on how, the art, art alone, it looks it looks very um Destiny's Price. Oh my gosh. So on a so.
0: scale of nightlife to <laughs> monster hearts where are we um we are closer to nightlife i'm thinking on that Nice. <laughs> all right all doesn't strike me as terribly grungy. no it's not that's why it's a, it's an extreme <laughs> scale extreme okay. scale
1: very extreme scale i also much to my shock picked up two card games uh you might not know yeah. this about me but uh i played magic the gathering from uh revised up until the weatherlight expansion and i've been clean for 20 years uh, there's meetings on Thursday nights at the church. Talk each other through not picking back up another CCG because man, that'll just
0: eat your life. Chick, I tried to hook you with uh, Arcadia: The Wild Hunt, but I don't know, just for some reason it didn't stick. I mean, the beauty of that game is I cannot find a, a,
1: a deck if I want one. So
0: oh, I, I got I got some cards. I can send you some, just a little, No, no, no. We're good. Fix. We're good. We're good. We're good.
1: But <laughs> the two games that I did pick up, uh, I picked up uh, from. Uh, Fantasy Flight Games, a game called Keyforge, which is a non-collectible card game, and the uh, the shtick there is that every every deck is unique. Uh, so you can get a starter box with two unique decks, and you can get another starter box with two completely different unique decks. These are procedurally generated decks, so you have uh, each deck has three houses or colors or families or however you want to think about them and each uh, one has a specific not a specific role because you know there's one that's just you know go out there and punch things and make a lot of creatures and so on and so forth uh it is a competitive game and uh between three of us my my friends and i each picked up a a deck and all three of them played very very differently so Mm, nice yeah I can I can understand how this is going to be a super fun game, and I kind of want to pick up a different one to see what other gaming styles and combinations there might be. Cool, and each deck is only like ten bucks, so it's way cheaper than Magic. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yes, yes, it is.
1: Finally, I picked up a uh, a game which is not a role playing game, not a CCG, just a traditional card game called Illamat. It is a trick-taking card game, kind of like Hearts, but definitely not like Hearts. Um, it is difficult to describe, and probably the most unique card game that I've seen. Uh, it uses its own proprietary deck of cards with its own four suits and uh, standard fifty-two card deck, otherwise, except for the the odd suits. Um, the it has a shifting board, depending on how you pick things up it has a secondary deck of i believe 13 cards and each of those 13 cards depending on when how and where on the board they come into play uh, can completely change the nature of the game so looking forward to digging into that seeing how that works out it seems really Mm -hmm. fun and yeah different from anything i've played before
0: Nice. Cool. That sounds good. Cool, Chig. All right. I mean, it sounds like you had an awesome Gen Con. Is there anything else you want to uh, highlight? Any shout outs you want to give to any cool people? Anything like that? Um, one thing that I want to note that I saw here at Gen Con that
1: is a bit worrying to me, an old man. Fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons is apparently has some form of OGL, and yeah. there are a lot of games out and a lot of games coming out in the near future that use the open gaming license, Uh, some of them very successfully, such as Pugmire. Pugmire is a fantasy game, and Dungeons and Dragons does a great job of modeling fantasy games. Uh, But as everybody remembers from the uh, D20 Glut Dungeons and Dragons is not a game for every scenario. It is not a game for every idea that you have. It is not a game for every licensed product. But God help us, they're going to try to cram it, cram everything into it again. So be on the lookout for a lot of games that are 5th edition.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Stargate.
1: I mean, I think... Mike, they're making yeah, a 5th it... edition Dungeons and Dragons
0: version of Stargate. Oh geez, chick we're we're screwed then because they made a third edition Stargate game, the D twenty system, and that that's what did it. That was the that was the straw that broke the camel's back. That book, and right we there. We haven't had a Stargate television series since. I want to I want everybody to make note of that. Oh geez, uh, you know it's interesting. I think we'll have to see how everything plays out. One of the real big issues with the uh, the D20 glut was the, the fact that people were already getting a little bit tired of all the, uh, so many different books coming out for D20, so many different like extra systems and that sort of thing. And then they came out with 3.5. One of the things that they had to do with the uh, updated OGL for uh, 3.5 edition Dungeons & Dragons is that everyone that was using the system had to come out with a new revised core book and include the new rules in it. And that forced a lot of companies to put out books that weren't really necessary. And also meant game stores were stuck with all this old product for, you know, the 3.0 edition that uh, people just wouldn't buy. They, they couldn't sell it. And that really hurt a lot of game stores. So as long as they don't do any major revisions to 5th edition, I think that will help smooth things over. There's obviously some demands for additional 5th uh, edition material and content because Wizards is only putting out so many books right now. And it's a very popular system because of things like Critical Role and the like so oh my god just critical role see. and the like i saw yeah
1: so many people at gen con and I, i've personally never seen critical role i mean i'm not a big streaming gaming kind of fan uh if if that's your thing if that's your jam good for you it's not for me i know this about myself i saw so many people there dressed up Uh, in critical role licensed gear like jackets and t-shirts and backpacks and everything Mm. and also cosplaying the characters from critical role
0: yeah i saw that pack some plugs too
1: i have not seen critical role but by the end of the weekend i could i could pick out several of the characters from the show i don't know anything about them aside from what they wear but i can pick them out yep so critical role is doing phenomenally successful they had a live show at gen con and it sold out, I believe, in 30 minutes.
0: Yeah, I believe it. In
1: a 3,000-seat uh, auditorium. So Ooh, good for them. Nice. Good good for you, Critical Role. I know that you don't need my praise, but get out there and make your money. Good job. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely.
1: And finally, as just a last bit of uh, general advice um, to anybody attending Gen Con, or for that matter, any other convention, take the Monday off following the convention so that you can rest, relax, recover. Um, a friend of mine did not, and uh, he has been slowly dying at his desk ever since. Oh, no. It is, it is, was, it he, is, was he struck by the con crud? Um, he See, it's is so chig. He is 100% denying the fact that he might not have washed his hands often enough at the convention and might have come down with something. Yeah, he, he should have taken Monday off as well. But, you know, he says he needs those vacation days to spend time with his family or, I don't know, take his daughter to school. You know, garbage like that. No, I think it's made up excuses. But if you have the ability and the uh, the resources, take the day off after a convention just to decompress.
0: Here's my convention tip. Don't shake anyone's hand ever and just bump elbows because you can't also lick your tip. elbows.
1: I can lick my elbow.
0: Um, Wait, can I? I got really close. All right. This is, this is great radio here. So I This think is we fantastic. Start, we should start wrapping this uh, this bad boy up. This has been Darker Days Radio. Um, if you guys like these kinds of episodes where we talk about conventions, give you some tips, give some reviews, talk about just like general things we saw, maybe even just like the uh, state of the industry from our anecdotal eyes, you know, just let us know. Hit us up over at uh, DarkerDaysRadio at gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet us at Darker Days Radio we're on facebook facebook.com we've got our blog we've got uh, uh, instagram and plenty of other ways to get in contact with us especially this discord which we're using right now i to was gonna say show. how are uh, we recording this come on get there yep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's about it chig uh, anything else before we uh, wrap this up or shall we just call it a night i think we should call it a night it's getting pretty late definitely all right thank you listeners take it easy and just have a good one This has been an episode of Darker Days Radio. Special thanks to Occam's Laser for the intro, outro, and new bumper music from their hit album, Nine Circles. Check out the rest of their work at occamslaser.bandcamp.com. ready to go live I'm gonna also be eating food as we do this is that weird (laughs) it's fine by me you're the one who has to edit it out so